Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. Owning your own business in Canada is a dream that a lot of newcomers share, and this episode's guest is no different. Asel moved from Kazakhstan to Toronto in 2012. She shares with us her story of learning English with a host family and now eight years later launching her own business called Minance that helps solo entrepreneurs manage their money. When you're thinking of starting a business, it doesn't have to be a unicorn. It doesn't have to be a billion dollar company or so. Like you can, you can start offering, I don't know, small services, but what it's going to tell you is like the areas that you suck, areas that you thrive, right? Because when you're an entrepreneur, and this is something you can already agree, you have to do so much and it will be so obvious to show your strong sides and, and weak sides because you will have to start talking to, to potential clients and you will see how good you are in sales and or bad. So I think the biggest advice is do it. Asel shares her top tips to succeed as both an international student as well as an entrepreneur in Canada. And we also hear what someone from Kazakhstan really thinks about the fictional character Borat. Asel's motivational advice will get your entrepreneurial energy flowing. She reminds us to get out of our own way and be our biggest cheerleaders. Let's start the show. Hello, Asel. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm doing great. How about you? I am great, thanks. I'm off work now for the rest of the week, so looking forward to that. Congrats. How are you dealing with the heat? Honestly, I'm cool. Like, I have I have AC, AC at my place, so I think I'm just not going outside nice. that much. But it's not killing me. I'm, I prefer hot than cold. Yes, I think I do too. But I think I just complain about everything because I'm British and that's what we do. But <laughs> um, the problem with our house is that it's a lot of it is glass. So it gets so hot and my air conditioning is just not good enough to, to cool it. But trudging along, it's definitely better than the winter. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So we actually met when you reached out on LinkedIn, which is a new one for me. I'm usually hounding people to be guests here on Instagram or Facebook. So this already feels more professional already. <laughs> so tell us a little about yourself. So you were born in Kazakhstan in Central Asia, and you've been living in Canada for, for quite a while now, since 2012. So I'm excited to hear more about that journey. Uh, but first off, let's let's hear about Kazakhstan. Whereabouts did you grow up there? So thank you so much. Yeah, so I, I mostly hang out on LinkedIn, to be honest with you. I'm very comfortable with the platform and I love it. And yeah, so I was born and raised in Kazakhstan. I lived there until I was like 18. Uh, it's Central Asia. We're bordering with like China and Russia. It's UX, ex-USSR country. People get so confused when they hear my like Russian Eastern European accent because they're, they're very like surprised and it's very unexpected for them. So yeah, we speak Russian, um, as an influence of USSR. 
and but now we're in the in the independent country. Wow. Yeah, I knew very little about Kazakhstan before this interview, so it was really interesting to to look into it further. So I have some fun facts for for listeners that I found. Um, Kazakhstan is the ninth largest country in the world, and it's the world's largest landlocked country. So so it's pretty big. <laughs> it's it's huge. It's huge, and it's very beautiful. But un- and unfortunately, our population is not that much. Like we only have like eighteen million, and that's it. Wow. Yeah, and a third of the country is this huge piece of of open grassland, right? Called is it the Kazakh Steppe? Yes, yes, it's beautiful. You can, especially during during summer and during springtime, you can just you can just go there, and then the whole place will be like uh, with tulips, flowers, and that's it. And you <gasps> wow. and you can't see the ends, you know. And the cool thing is that because we don't have a high rise in the steps, right? Like in the cities, yes, but like I'm, I'm talking about the countryside. You can see the the sky. Sky is so beautiful and stars and everything, right? Because here, especially downtown Toronto, like you could barely see it because because of the high rise. But there, it's uh, it's it's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, you got no light pollution, so yeah, I can only imagine the stars. Wow, lots of nature and that that big open space to to explore. <laughs> yeah. Did you um did you do lots of horse riding? I read that that's quite popular there because of all of the space. <laughs> it is it is quite popular, and I have to admit, we also eat them. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So you use them for all things. <laughs> also, like maximizing, but yeah. So it's I would say a big part of our culture. So we love horses. Yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. I I rode horses only once in my life, and that was in Iceland, where those big Viking horses they were amazing. But I just had I was looking at the photos of the the Kazakh steppe, and I could just imagine just galloping through all the grasslands it must have been everything you did that every weekend right <laughs> i wish i could say that but i didn't i did not do that I, i'm not that skilled <laughs> so what did you do what what you grew up in quite a small town right so you said there was less than a hundred thousand in, in your town so what did a typical weekend look like for you yeah like it's it's a very it's a fairly small town but i love it honestly um there is like it's not like filled with a lot of like crazy activities you could do, but my parents did their best to make me busy, make me feel busy. And I always had time to hang out with my friends after school activities, also helping out my, my family with like housework and everything. So I, ne- I never felt bored, like never, ever, ever. Yeah. So what, what do you miss most other than your family, your friends? Um, what would you say about your favorite thing is about the country and, and what you miss most right now? Uh, yes, definitely. Family, friends, and I think the food, obviously, but also the feeling. I think because when you're back home, you kind of, you have this feeling like nothing can replace that. Mm. Um, I can't say it's safety or so, but like, because I feel safe in Canada. But it's just the absolute freedom, I think. Like, you, you feel it like you are... It's your home, right? So you feel super comfortable. You know every square, like every corner of that. So, and also back home, it's very common. You can just go to somebody's place, like without like scheduling in advance and this and this and that. You can just, (laughs) you can just come by, say hi and just have food with them and at their place, uh, which is not very common in Toronto and Canada. Yeah, you're not the first guest to say that. That's so interesting. I think that's definitely true for for the cities in Canada. I think where I am, where it's more rural, I think it's a little bit more 
common when you can just stop by. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying about just having that familiarity around you. I do miss that about home. I think every newcomer or international will, will say that. But um yeah, what you said about safety, that's really interesting too, because that came up in my when I was looking into to Kazakhstan that you're actually categorized as level one on the US State Department's country safety list. So Kazakhstan's amongst one of the safest countries in the world to travel to, safer than the UK, France, Spain, those are all level two countries. So that really surprised me. That's awesome. I hope you don't feel offended for UK. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, level two is still good. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's, um, about being safe. And so it's just, I think part of our culture, we're very welcoming. Like you could, you could literally come to like, the places and we're, it's part of our culture, like welcome guests, especially if the guest is foreigner and then give them food, give them the best food, the treats, the best place. And yeah, you would almost expect that. Wow. So you mentioned obviously horse. Is that your favorite food or what, what, what do you like to eat the best from, from Kazakhstan? I hope you don't have a lot of vegetarians and vegan people <laughs> listening to your, to your podcast. So I'm, I'm very afraid and I'm being very, very careful when I say that it's, it's actually delicious. It's delicious mm -hmm. and I love it, but I don't eat horse here in Canada. How do you cook it? Is it like a stew that you make or? We just boil it. Okay. We boil it for like hours and horse meat is very, how would I say this? It's, it's not fat. It's, it can, it's considered to be very healthy and it's delicious. And we just boil it for like hours and it's honestly, it's just good enough. Wow. And yeah, I guess you can't find that in Canada. So you're probably missing that quite a lot. <laughs> I'm actually a vegetarian, so that's funny. But, you know, for me, it's like, what's the difference? I mean, I don't eat any meat, but for a meat eater, it's like you're going to eat a cow, you're going to eat a sheep, you're going to eat these other animals. So um, I think you should you try it if you're a meat eater. It sounds interesting. But <laughs> I know there are like a lot of uh, interesting experience for like meat lovers you can try in Montreal. They they offer different sort of like meat you can you can try. And then I heard it's like, very delicious and they cook it in a certain way and i heard that they also cook horse but i've never tried it myself like honestly can't can't advocate for that wow you'd have to try it and then give it a rating because you're obviously that's your your national dish so <laughs> to let them know how it is now i have to ask you um does every single person you meet who hears you're from kazakhstan start talking about borat the the Sasha Baron Cohen fictional character I bet that gets old really quickly and I totally see the irony of of me myself bringing up Borat and I'm so sorry but I'm genuinely curious you know I'm genuinely curious to to know your thoughts about it I'm I'm, I'm happy you asked this question yes definitely like a lot of people uh you know you like because because People, if you ask anybody, right, like, oh, where are you from? Let's say if somebody asks you about UK and everything, like, you're proud of where you're coming from and you expect people to ask about scientists. I don't, David Beckham, for example, <laughs> if you want to talk about these things, right? That's something you're proud of. Like, we have, um, I don't know, about Olympic champions, whatever, you name it. And then people just bring up Borat and I'm like, out of everything you can yeah. speak to me about. Kazakhstan this is the only thing you want to speak but honestly like I can't blame them because Borat is is famous for that right and like nobody googles Kazakh scientists or Kazakh artists right mm. people people hear about Borat so definitely 
I used to be a little bit upset, I'll be honest with you, but now I'm kind of like chill about it. I just, I think it's my chance to explain to people what it is and it's not actually the truth and I don't look like Borat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that helps, that like, helps. Right? So, <laughs> so it, it, was, it, it was a good PR for Kazakhstan. Um, I think more people even didn't know what Kazakhstan is and a lot of people assumed that it was just like a fictional country, that it didn't even exist, I assume. But then people actually started Googling, and I think that was like a first step for them to to discover Kazakhstan. And I'm pretty sure some people decided to travel to Kazakhstan after that and see it, see the place themselves. So mm-hmm. definitely, I'm, I'm I'm cool. I'm I'm chill about it. Oh yeah, that's interesting. And I guess yeah, you're, you're so right. That's the only kind of reference that that people have, and the best way forward is is probably just to keep talk talk talking about Kazakhstan and breaking some of those crazy stereotypes that that are just pumped throughout those movies and you know show the truth and educate us all on your beautiful country or you know we should probably do the work and and research the country too like I did and I really enjoyed learning about it but yeah at the end of the day it's just a highly exaggerated comedy and I'd like to think that the vast majority of us watching it understands that it isn't an accurate representation of what the country or its people are like but um yeah have you had to deal with people you know quoting it to you and being being ignorant in that way at all of course I did I have it and usually those people are like tipsy right (laughs) they come to me after a couple glasses of wine and they become very like romantic about Borat and so but like I don't want to spend time arguing with them and say no this is why this this is not like a a lifetime deal for me right I would probably never even see that person again like with my friends it's a different story of course like my friends and colleagues of course but like people uh I think they just want to start talking about something and they just start picking on Borat right so yeah and that's fine I know they it's just like a way to kind of bond with you I guess as a conversation starter it's the same you know with me and it's like oh do you like crumpets and oh have you had tea with the queen and you know it's the same kind of mocking that is is kind of the quickest way to to start conversations I guess you kind of have to just roll your eyes and <laughs> change the conversation but um yeah no that's awesome thank you for answering that I was really really curious so um did you have you made a trip to the capital Astana am I saying that right it looks amazing it looks like a future world like spaceship skyscrapers it looks so cool thank you yeah i did and uh, by the way astana is getting renamed now it got renamed recently it's nur sultan now so yeah so i i actually did it's a beautiful beautiful city i love it and it's fairly new capital um previously we had like almaty and i love both both cities are beautiful and it's a bit yes you're right about being futuristic and our government invested a lot of money in architecture just i think just to, it was like kind of a i don't want to say face of the country but um a lot of people that never never been to kazakhstan before they'll come to astana right first and we wanted to give that impression that we're we're actually modern we're we we <laughs> We are developing, right? When we have beautiful places to see, and it's not just horses and, and just countryside. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have modern buildings. Yeah, and this massive space space launch facility too, because of the the Soviet Union in the fifties. It was the whole Sputnik. If you have any friends fans listening, it's when Ross dresses up as the the Sputnik one. Um, uh, that's really interesting too. Yeah. So from your links with the USSR, you've got a huge space launch. Uh, there as well so yes 
Really cool. I'm going to have to pay it a visit for sure. It's really interesting. It's one of those countries that's really never on the blogs. It's never really on, you know, all of those those things. So um, trying to go off the beaten path a little bit. And yeah, I was so excited to talk to you and just hear more about it. So my advice, if you're if you're traveling to Kazakhstan, like I'm always like I'm 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 it puts a smile on my face hearing that people are actually setting up as a destination for their vacation and ch- choosing my country. But uh, I would advise you to to travel around Central Asia. Like, no, don't just stop in Kazakhstan. Like, mm. visit Uzbekistan. It's also a beautiful country. It has a very rich culture. Food is amazing. Food is delicious. Um, yeah, like it's definitely worth exploring um, neighbor countries as well. Good reminder. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Why not? When you're in the area, for sure. <laughs> so we mentioned briefly before. You moved to Canada in 2012. Was that your first experience living in a different country? Uh, luckily, no. Uh, I was very fortunate that uh, my, my, my parents kind of like prepped me for that. Um, I, I think my first travel to abroad was like when I was 11. Um, but it wasn't like English speaking country, it was Ukraine. And then at age uh, 13, I think I, I, I was in England. Like I visited England. Oh, cool! So <laughs> yeah, so I've been I've been abroad definitely, but it was like almost like for summertime. It's never been like for a year or two, right? So Canada was like my first serious adult <laughs> by myself experience. Interrupting this episode very briefly to let you guys know about Canada's luckiest newcomer, because who doesn't love an awesome giveaway? We are doing a little promotion swap, so they're going to help me uh, to spread word about this podcast, and I'm sharing the details of this giveaway with you guys. It's really a no-brainer, so one lucky newcomer to Canada will win $20,000 from CIBC, 50,000 air miles, free groceries for a year, and more prizes are going to be announced very soon as well. So it's completely free to enter, so why not? I couldn't have entered any quicker myself. Um, Just promise me that if you do win, you'll remember who told you about it, okay? (laughs) So just Google Canada's Luckiest Newcomer, and it'll come straight up for you, and good luck. Now back to the show. Wow, and so... What brought you to Canada? You went to Toronto. Um, it was to study English, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, I knew I wanted to go to college, but my mom and my family always encouraged me because like we had a lot of, I think, mystery and I was always scared just to go to college or university directly. I somehow thought that, you know, I need some preparation before. And yeah, so I, I studied English first for a couple of months. That wasn't an, a really good experience for me because I, I kind of like had time to adjust, to meet people, to meet other international students and actually make friends and before starting to study in Seneca College. Mm. So I'm very, actually, I'm so proud to say that I'm still friends with some of the folks that I went to ESL classes. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. All the way back from 2012. That's amazing. Yeah. So that just shows, would you say that you really do bond with people through that experience? Um, I can only imagine, you know, all landing in Toronto and, and just learning a language and being lost together and figuring that out together. That must really make those bonds so strong. Did you live with any of them? or? Um, I did, actually. I had a roommate from that class. We used to live together for a couple of years. So, yeah, definitely it really helps people to, to, to become closer because, 
you don't know anybody in this country like you you, you kind of like lost puppies right and so you kind of like okay maybe i should join like you know somebody else so like now it's not just by myself i feel like i'm with somebody so i'm not that lonely anymore right uh and then two of us and then we attract more people and then three of us and five of us and we're from like kazakhstan russia colombia venezuela like you name it different countries uh we speak okay english but we do our best to, to, to understand each other, right? And then we start solving problems one by one. First is finding um, a provider, you know, for your cell phone. You know, you start thinking, okay, should I go with Roger? Should I go with this? Like very basic questions. But it really, really helps you to, to, to build that relationships. And then you start thinking, okay, you know, did you, did you, did you rent an apartment? You know, oh my God, you know, she got an apartment. Cause like it's hard to, to get those things done when you just arrived to Canada, right? Cause you don't have a credit history. You don't have a reference, et cetera, et cetera. So like, yeah, it really, really helped us a lot. Oh, that's so great. And does the schools help in a way as well? There's definitely services that, that help you when you, you come as an international student or. Um, okay. So when I came as an international student, I was, um, I was living for a couple of months in a host family, what you call it. So like you, you book them through the school, they g- give you breakfast and I think like dinners and you have a room there and they kind of like Canadian family. You pay them at that time. It was around maybe like 800 to a thousand dollar a month. So, but like meals were included. So you knew you had a place to, to go and to stay when you arrived, like from day one. But then soon, like a couple of months later, I moved out. Wow. Yeah. So it's just kind of that initial shock. It kind of helps you as you land, which I think is really cool. That's, that's a really good thing to, to offer. It's like when I went to Thailand, I booked a little tour group that I could join. Just it's the same kind of idea there that you can meet some people straight out the gate and kind of have a little support network. And, you know, the first few steps, I think that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. So did you find part time work? Was What was that process like? Oh, the part time work. Yes, I started looking for part time work once I started studying in college. So I was very, very optimistic, to be honest with you, because like, you know, you look all these movies and, you know, especially like American colleges, everyone works at library, like this and this and this. But then the reality was nobody wanted to take me for a job Mm. and like literally nobody. Right. So I was I was looking very hard. I was looking everywhere. And I think at that time I I didn't really know how to sell myself. Mm. Right. So I had an empty resume because I just came from uh, from high school and back home. Um, I know in UK and Canada, North America, Europe, just overall, it's encouraged for kids to to start working, like building up this resume, right? But we unfortunately we don't have that culture back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not very well practiced. Although I see some changes, so I my resume was like very empty. Right. Yeah. So would that be kind of your biggest piece of advice then? So for somebody who's listening, who's maybe thinking of moving to Canada as an international student, what would be your best piece of advice for them before they before they head out? Oh, of course. Sure. So first of all, I think do your best to improve your English. Like if English isn't your first like language, do your best, like watch Netflix, you watch YouTube videos, like do whatever it takes don't rely that the, the 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 environment will help you shape or improve your English. It will definitely. But if you want to have a job, like having a good English will definitely increase your chances of getting hired. 
This is number one step. Number two step, I think, um, be realistic. Like, I know it's being optimistic and being ambitious. It's cool. It's nice. But like, start, start with basics. Start Googling and coming up with an action plan. Okay. How to find an apartment? You know, this little things. And the last thing is like, have at least one skill that, that will earn you money. I don't know. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's SEO. Maybe you can build websites. I don't know. Just pick one and start really selling it. Start really building your portfolio back home. Don't wait until you come to Canada. Wow. I love that. What good advice. I was not expecting that. That's amazing. <laughs> so even were you thinking of maybe websites like Fiverr, for example, so you you don't have to rely on Canadian employers. There's other things that you can be doing online, for example, or selling your services or crafts or, you know, anything like that. That's really good advice. I love Thank that. Thank you. I'm happy. <laughs> so looking back over the last, what is it, nine years now you've been here, what do you think your biggest achievement has been? My biggest achievement, I think, I was able to overcome so many challenges, so many doubts, so many um, just criticism and not just other people of myself, right? So um, I was able to uh, break some stereotypes even for that I had before. So I think that's something that I'm really proud of. Yeah, I would say so for sure. You've come so far. I mean, to go from not speaking English, what what do you think your level of English was like when you first landed to now you're running your own company in, in Canada? That's such a, a big transition. So my English was, I would say, like good enough. Like I had a good grammar, right? So like I would, mm-hmm. however, I had a tutor back home that was like, who was teaching me English and everything, but like it was like British English, like... Uh, and then when I arrived here, I've noticed that Canadians don't really like have a little bit different slang in English, the way they speak. So it took me some time to adjust, right? Sometimes, uh, mm. like even, even, even basic things like, uh, cool, chill, like this, like very like slang word. I think that we use it on daily life. And then I had to improve my English to work in a bank. I think that also was a really good um, environment for me to improve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say, you know, your biggest achievement is your journey to entrepreneurship in Canada. So you went from an international student to now an entrepreneur. You're currently building your own fintech venture called uh, Minance Anticlop Toronto. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. Thank you. Yes, I'm super, super happy. And although like startup is definitely challenging to build, like, don't don't buy in into social media saying like oh be your boss and this is so cool leave your job right now start building your startup just because like you'll start making like gazillion amount of dollars no no it's definitely not like that <laughs> um, it's very fulfilling it's rewarding i'm not gonna hide it but it's challenging so i'm i'm still early at my at my journey as an entrepreneur um so with minance i have a, i have a very simple mission it's like simplifying uh, taxation for canadians because what i've noticed is that taxes is something like you cannot avoid it anywhere like no matter how uh, how conservative or risky you are from like investor perspective taxes it's non-negotiable let me put it this way like if cra comes to you and, and handles you the check there's there's no way to escape it so and 
even though it's kind of like a must and mandatory part of our lives, I've noticed like people don't really pay attention to this. Like taxes always come as the as the last thing to do during the tax season. And I'm like, this is not very cool. You know, you're missing out on so much, especially if you're like a solopreneur, right? If you're running your business and everything. So like there's so much you could do. You could take advantage if you start uh, actually implementing some of those rules and habits in your daily life and in your weekly routine, let me put it this way, prior to tax season. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you kind of struggled with that yourself initially, and then you learned a lot about it, and then you started helping other people. So I'm guessing that's where the idea came from. And now you're you're passing that on. And, and how does it work? So so people go to Minance, and, and then what? So with, with taxes, uh, this is very interesting, right? Uh, I was always curious about money, taxes, finances. This whole topic was like always, um, I was something that I would research on all the time. And I, before that, I used to work in the bank. So I was always that go-to person to ask about money, finances, everything. Like I always encouraged my friends to double check, to triple check everything before you make a decision, right? Don't just pull some stocks and investments just because your neighbor did it. Research it on your own. Be annoying. Ask like 10 people, 100 people, whatever it takes before you make the decision. Because I, I was, I always tell my friends, it's your money. Like it's not your neighbor's money. It's your money. So make sure you understand where your money goes. Like if somebody says like it's guaranteed 20% or like you'll triple your money in a year, there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I would always, I, I would always be that go-to person to ask about, okay, you know, people come to me, it's like, what is the line of credit? What is the credit card? What is this? What is this? Especially newcomers, right? And I would always educate them, right? This is how it works. This is what you do. This is something you should pay attention and everything. So um, that gave me a really good foundation and understanding what people's needs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, managing their money. That's such a huge thing, especially when you're a newcomer. Um, yeah. and especially when you're starting a business too by yourself. So, um, yeah. your company's tagline is that you help solo entrepreneurs manage their money. So, um, that's, that's incredible. So during this, this whole process, what, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned, you know, transitioning into uh, being a business owner and starting your own thing? It's inspiring, but, um, yeah, what have you learned? Uh, the biggest thing that I've learned is I think nothing you're, th you are your biggest, um, your biggest coach, motivator, cheerleader, but at the same time, you're your biggest critic and also somebody who stops you. Like it's not mm -hmm. your friend who's stopping you and limiting you. It's yourself. Yes. And you think that it's other people stopping you because yeah. you think they're going to judge you or you're scared about how you look to other people, but it's really yourself. It's really yes. your own mindset that none of that is true. No one's, I always say that as well. Whenever I worry about this podcast or, you know, or what people are going to think of me, I just think nobody, everyone has their own worries. You know, everyone's concerned about their own stresses and their own things going on when have you ever sat and looked at someone's project and rolled your eyes and been like that's so embarrassing like that's not something you ever do so I always remind myself that you know people aren't sitting around looking at what I'm doing you know <laughs> in detail just get over that and um yeah just do it just just do it <laughs> yeah it reminded me a story when a friend of mine uh, needed to push his website 
like he wanted to advertise and he wanted to to put it out for people um, about his services, his work and everything, like for consulting. And I would always ask him, like, what's up with your website? What's up with your website? He's like, no, no, I need to I need to perfect it. I'm like, like, chill, like you're not that famous, <laughs> like not that one million people are waiting for you to publish your website and then go and check it out. I was like, even you put it out. It will take you so long to actually advertise it and actually make people to come and even judge it. So I was like, mm-hmm. make it, make it sooner, make it sooner. It's even you publish it and there's something wrong. Even there is a typo. I don't know who's going to see it. Your mom, your brother, that's <laughs> yeah. the first people that you, who will check it out. But like, it's not, it's definitely going to take time for people to, to even yeah. find out about it. Yeah. And if you're anything like me, it will be a continuous process. Like you will be updating that website, changing your mind on how things look and it will just be ever growing. So, you know, there's never going to be a day where it's just like done anyway. So yeah, just start. (laughs) So what do you think about life, the, the atmosphere in Canada around entrepreneurship, because I think that I've experienced that same pull towards ambition and taking risks since moving here. And I guess it's because we've already made such a big leap to move here. So why not? Um, but also the atmosphere in Canada is so supportive and inspiring, I found, for, for entrepreneurs. And the big cities are, you know, alive with small businesses and innovation and diversity. So starting your own thing is is definitely more talked about here than than in the UK, for example. You know, people in my circle, they're more often entrepreneurial here. So I always found like, you know, if you surround yourself with those types of people, then you'll naturally start getting that same fire and motivation from them. So do you think that that your network has has played a part in in your business venture as well? Definitely. I hundred percent I agree with you. Like if you if you if if in your circle when you just hang out and, you know, have a drink and just go and grab pizza or whatever it is, you talk about, let's say, stocks. The chances are you will start investing in stocks are higher, right? Because you always talk about it. Then you, you educate yourself and other people through this talks and conversation. And the chances of you, when you go back home and you start putting in a Google search, stocks are very high because you've been just talking about it so much and there's absolutely one or two things that will pick your brain, right? And I, I agree with you that my my circle, my my network uh, sh- helped me shape and helped me help me grow as an entrepreneur. Definitely. However, I always uh, I I always try to be cautious that I want to have a diverse group. Uh, like entrepreneurs are cool. Like I love entrepreneurs. I love talking about entrepreneurship. But I also want to say that my 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 circle of my friends are not just entrepreneurs. There, mm-hmm. some people work in a bank. Some people work in a, in the smaller companies, in the bigger companies. One of my close friends, she is a hairdresser. She's a she's a stylist, mm-hmm. right? So definitely, I enjoy having a diverse group of friends. I love it. It's just. I think it's cool. Yeah, everyone has something to 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 give and different expertise and different things. Yeah, keep it keep it diverse. I like that. Yes. <laughs> I also like the idea of starting something of your own because in Canada vacation days are pretty poor. Well, in in comparison to the UK anyway, you know, you get 28 days in the UK standard a year. Here it's 10. So, I know a lot of people from England for example, they come here and they're shocked with the vacation days. So that's probably another reason why people are more motivated to to start something of their own. So I found that funny as well. <laughs> yeah. 
So what's your favorite part of being an entrepreneur? What's my favorite part of being an entrepreneur is testing myself. Uh, there is a really good chance. Don't get me wrong, Kate. Like I want, I want to make it as a as a as a huge company, as a global company. Like I, I dream about it, and I and I aim for that, right? But I'm also being realistic. I'm also being, you know, pragmatic. I would say that the, there is a huge part. There, there is a reason why so many startups fail every year and every month, right? The chances of me succeeding are very like low comparing the chances of me failing. Mm -hmm. So like I already, when I was starting that journey, I was like, okay, like I have to admit it, right? I might fail. It's actually very likely that I'll fail or I might succeed. However, the journey that I will take, it will help me, like help me grow, help me learn, help me meet so many people, help me test, uh, be a little bit more brave, I think. So I think that's what I like about entrepreneurship is just, there is no way but grow. Like I have to learn about right. social media. I have to learn about digital marketing. I have to learn how to sell. I have to learn how to talk to strangers. I have to learn how to how to build a product. I have to learn about okay, how do you how do you do this design part and this and this and this. So like there's so much. Right. Yeah. You don't just have, you know, one job title with uh, with these responsibilities. It's just ever growing. And um, hopefully you can hire people in the future. That's going to be the best day when you get that team member to help you with the different things that you don't enjoy as much. I'm looking forward to that myself. But um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I've learned so many skills that I never, ever, ever would have had the time to learn um, just by doing my own side projects and passion projects and trying to grow things on the side. So yeah, really, really cool. So what would your biggest piece of advice be? So we said, what would your advice be for an international student? What would your biggest piece of advice be for somebody looking to, to start their own business? My, my biggest advice will be do it sooner than later. <laughs> the reason why is like, you don't, when you're thinking of starting a business, it doesn't have to be a unicorn. It doesn't have to be a billion dollar company or so. Like you can, you can start offering, I don't know, small services, but what it's going to mm -hmm. tell you, what it's going to tell you, and this is very, very cool, is like the areas that you suck and set areas that you thrive, right? Because when you're an entrepreneur, and this is something you can already agree, we have to do so much. And that this is a really good test and seeing like before, let's say before starting a company, you would think you're guru in marketing. But when you actually start a company, you would be like, holy moly, I don't know how to how to market my services, right? And this is the really good um, indicator, like it will show you and it will be so obvious to show your strong sides and, and weak sides. And because mm. you'll have to start talking to, to potential clients and you will see how good you are in sales and or bad. So I think the biggest advice is do it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't say it better myself. Exactly. Just do it as Nike says. Yeah, that's fantastic. So your journey from international student to entrepreneur is yeah super inspiring and I hope that this episode can inspire somebody thinking of doing it to just bite the bullet and to just do it you know if you if you take the risk and you fail you're still gonna grow I love that if you take one thing away from this episode that is it I think that's fantastic so thank you so so very much for your time today it's been so great to meet you, you. uh do you see yourself staying in Canada for for many years to come or well, where are you with that? I think it's very, very hard for me to predict. I want to keep my options open. 
maybe I'll travel to, I don't know, US and other places. I don't know. So far, for the next couple of months, I decided to, to see myself in Alberta and see how it looks like. Mm. So definitely exploring, definitely keeping my options open and being just open-minded. Fantastic. Well, if anybody wants to connect with you or learn more about Minance, where can people go? They can just DM me, DM me, message me, go to my website. I'll, I'll definitely answer. I answer to every every message, every um, request that guys um, anybody is just curious about. Like, let's chat, let's connect. Happy, happy to jump on the call. Feel free to DM me on Instagram, on uh, on LinkedIn, whatever, whatever it's more comfortable for you. Fabulous. And yeah, next time I'm in Toronto, I'll have to uh, get in touch and we can have a a coffee or something together. That'd be awesome. I would love that for sure. Thank you. Just let me know. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.